0: Radio, okie-talk, okie-talk. Radio, okie-talk, okie-talk. Mesh to mesh.
1: welcome to team rabbit television 193 with lucky barrett finding the others globetrotter musician mystic philosopher virgo Join the team as we plumb the depths, with this Brit working abroad in Indonesia and grok how authenticity yields, tribe in the dream of the one. Cheerio. Well met. What up, Lucky?
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. I, I, like really, I like hearing that intro, by the way, it makes me sound really, uh, really cool. <laughs>
2: super sophisticated. And you play guitar, so if you ever look up the tab, it's like a lot of harmonics. I mean, a lot of people – you know what harmonics are, right? So it's like – it's a really tasteful way of using it. Check it out. It's called Horizons by Genesis off of Foxtrot. Pretty shit. Very basic, uh, quick thing, but it's beautiful. Um, I will get into how I kind of stumbled upon you, and we can go down all sorts of rabbit holes. But something we tend to do on the podcast is uh, correlate the episodes. Just Tim. Oh, go for it. We don't tend to do it. We pretty much always. We always it. So do. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Good call. This is not a uh, a trick of the Let's not detail. break the
0: habit of a lifetime. I mean, let's let's go for it.
2: Right. So something we do necessarily, as Raphael is saying, is uh, I correlate it with major arcana, and one ninety three reduces down to four, which would be uh, the Emperor card, it's saying I lead by example. This is about setting boundaries and following rules, believing in the concrete concrete world around you focusing on actions and results holding your ground rafael what would your card be
1: so here we are counting and going through the angels this is angel number seven Akaya, and uh, this is the angel of patience the seraphim it is the patient god archangel metatron associations taurus mercury earth citrine five of pentacles keter musical note c this angel is invoked to have more patience it facilitates the discovery of the secrets of nature and influences the propagation of light work the angelic qualities or patience exploration of the inner dimensions helps discover truth good use of waiting periods ease in the execution of difficult tasks Beneficial force, energy in the use of computers and programming. Faculty of introspection and discernment. Propagator of light, meaning knowledge. Media diffusion through computers, television, the press and publishing. Helps us pass examinations and inspires us with a taste for learning. Discovery of hidden secrets. The distortions are along the lines of impatience, rebellion, resignation. No desire to learn or to study and paralysis in the face of adversity, as well as specifically problems with computers, exclusion from positions of authority and not keeping promises. The affirmation goes, I am taking time to review what is happening in my life and what here it says you, but I assume it means I really want (laughs) or maybe it's talking about God or something
2: the royal way yeah,
0: so lucky like, I mean, really,
2: yeah what resonates
0: well they both resonate interestingly enough because um so the first one you were mentioning actions um which uh actually i was thinking uh the, before the before we started talking about what i could contribute to this and um i was thinking about how i sort of live my life by not by example but i mean we all go through a phase when we start opening our uh mind or awakening to want to spread it with words you know we want to tell everyone what the things we've read and 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 you know almost drown people in all of this stuff that we're finding out and i went through that phase i mean i did that a lot (laughs) and probably wound a lot of people up but then it got to the point where i was like well it's all words and really i just need to kind of start doing things and 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 Living my life by the things I believe in, and so for a while now, it's been more about, well, let's start action uh, rather than just talking about it. And I find that I'm talking less and less and doing more and more. And then the second thing resonated profoundly because um, you were talking about computers and and things that I, the past few weeks, maybe month month or so, I'm having great difficulty with technology. Um, I've bought about five or six pairs of headphones and they just keep breaking i've broken the speaker um i bought a brand new mixer to make some music and it arrived broken and i can't get it fixed um and not only that like whenever i walk into a, an area or something where, like the other day I, I walked back to the house that we live in on this island my friend Kirsty's listening to her podcast and I walk in, I've got no technology on me, just a guitar. And as soon as I walk in, everything crackles, the Bluetooth stops working. I don't know what's going on, but I seem to have this force field around me. Um, I seem to have a force field around me where I'm just breaking things. <laughs> so um, the computer thing that you were talking about is quite resonant as well. So yeah, really, really interesting.
1: So if you're interested, before we you know, explore all the simultaneous rabbit holes fractally there is actually more uh, to the text so if you're really interested in that angel because you know in this case in particular i'm not even correlating this to anything i'm just going through the numbers one by one chronologically as yeah we kind of did previously already with the other cards so it's really just the let's say order sync but there is a text for this if you would like let's say the the channeled reading associated with that card by brian who made the deck if you're interested if it resonates that much maybe it helps i don't know
0: absolutely i mean it is everything you said was like wow yeah no for sure for sure
1: so i'll just read it here so it says this so there is a um part this is these are basically also birth angels so um I'm now assuming 26th March, 6th June, 17th August, 28th of October, and 8th of January are not necessarily your birth dates, but these are the dates he's associated with the angel of patience. And uh, then, in terms, so there is an influence in terms of born and the, the influence of this uh, particular angel. Um, I'll just also read that, even if it's not your birth angel, because it resonates apparently. So it says, Those born under the influence of this angel are very spiritual, but at the same time have their feet on the ground, look to the horizon, and have their mind on the stars. Even without any opportunities for education, will have great knowledge and be very knowledgeable. He or she is always lurking not to miss any opportunities and will have spiritual protection, intuition, to take dangerous risks, be dogged, tenacious, and possess a huge need to know all sides of an issue." The influence of this angel also means one is unselfish, immensely patient, and understanding with everything and everyone. Apply the knowledge of nature in machinery, be ultra-sensitive to contact with plants, animals, or even the human brain. You can be successful as an artist for television, film, or working with producers in editing videos or movies. This work is marked by originality and use of the technology in the dissemination of art. You can work in the marketing of new equipment or repairs to microcomputers. Well, you can even break them for uh, use of media systems and precision. And in particularity, in terms of when you're drawing this card, this would be what I guess would most apply or may most apply. um, You're experiencing worry, concern about the external things involving communication, health, finances, creativity, work and relationships. Take time to review what is happening in your life and what you really want. You're allowing your heart to rule your thinking, your emotions are involved, and you cannot see just how good life can be. Challenges of deprivation, insecurity, and exclusion allow you to experience the upset that occurs when every effort towards stability is denied and everything you want to hold on is taken from you. They help you recognize the transitory nature of physical and material desires. New opportunity awaits, new possibilities, a better way will now be presented. Recognize that strategic review, regrouping and realignment are all necessary steps of forward progress. Channel all your thoughts and energy into your spiritual development, for it is here you will find rest and relief. When your home, work or security is threatened, choose how to handle it. Work at your situation slowly and steadily, trying different things until you get a combination that holds together and despite the hardships, you will continue to progress towards your goal and your reward will be as great as you believe in what you can achieve. Here is the paradox of freedom and uncertainty, a multiplicity of choice at the physical material level in matters of health, work, transportation, finance, things that constitute hard reality. The dilemma. How to preserve order and discipline while moving forward this card represents that movement but the activity in this phase is within a limited range while there is pause for reparation taking stock of your physical world before committing which among the good choices is yours here are things like flexibility versatility patience relaxation no need for movement action curiosity carefreeness independence but there is inherent restlessness in this stasis a positive instability that will eventually necessitate change. This is a time for repairing the nets so that you will be ready when the fish come. The self is adjusting to an increased demand on the soul to give priority to others as well as self, primarily family and friends. The ambivalence is seen in the fact that five derives from the combination of two and three, the duality of emotional-mental, or the combination of one and four, the duality of physical-spiritual.
0: Wow, I mean, that's a lot to unpack, but I, I mean, there's quite a few things that resonated there, and um, especially with the idea of instability in life and, and moving forward. Um, I mean, I've been traveling for a long time now, um, and I don't really collect a lot of um, things because of that and I find it very freeing so there was quite a few things there that uh, when you were talking about you know the lack of material possessions and also the the conflict between reality and um uh, the sort of inner world and the chaos and all of that that's something that I struggle with a lot as an artist and I think all artists struggle with this because a creative mind doesn't necessarily sit well in a kind of like a uh, an orderly world and to have to bring those two facets of life together um, can be really difficult and it probably is my kind of Achilles heel that I, uh, I want to create but to be in a creative space you have to also be in a kind of uh, unruly um, environment or Headspace um, to to kind of pick apart the chaos. So to be a, to have to market yourself as an artist is really difficult because you always have to come back down to earth, and therefore you can't create because you're not in the space that you need to be. Um, but yeah, no, there was a lot of information there. It'd be great if you could send, you could send it over. I'd love to uh, to read it through because it was it was really interesting.
1: Certainly. So the last thing to offer here is to make it very simple is a Psalm one hundred three eight. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears.
2: It's funny. I have read your chart before. That's part of how I, I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon you. I'm guessing some Alan Watts group or McKenna group or something. I know we're in a few groups together. Um, and they've progressed over time. We started talking probably about a little over a year ago because when I was in Australia, I was, I was hitting you up and being like, yo, let's do some Team Rabbit hole zine or something. And obviously never did anything with that, but. Um, that's when we talked mostly last and you were doing the, um, kind of couch surfing, like woke couch surfing thing with Ryan. who has been on here. Shout out Ryan. Um, the naked guru. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I don't really know exactly how we hooked up, but it's like in circles like that basically. But I did, so like, you read my palms at one point, which was cool. And I think I read your chart and I mean, I did cause it's in my messages and I'm looking at your chart. You have a Virgo sun third house. So you're here to communicate in an organized way grounded practical philosophy you know sharing ideas that are helpful in the real world very emperor card energy there but it's opposing your midheaven and north node which are both in pisces and ninth house so in a weird way your destiny is to be this like free dreaming poet you know explorer of the mind and soul um in an abstract way but it's you know going against kind of who you manifest it as not that it's gonna be uh, oppositions are hard so it, it is what it is but it's like that's kind of what you're, it sounds like what you're talking about, where it's like, I want to be practical, I want to make this work, um, but uh, whether it's having, you know, you know moments of uh, klutziness on electronics or things not working out the way I wish, and idealistically, um, or even just being like, wow, I'm overwhelmed by the white blank canvas and like my imagination is going everywhere, but I don't know how to get this out. That kind of stuff might be kind of typical to your experience. But you're destined to be, I mean, a poet, artist, musician kind of thing, that's kind of uh, what the North Node is, and it's in your Midheaven, so it's the middle of your life. So right about now, I mean, my Midheaven and North Node are also conjunct in Taurus, though uh, yours are in Pisces. But like the middle of your life is when your destiny will start kicking in, basically, is what that kind of means. So it seems like you're moving towards presently that which what you kind of incarnated for, if you want to put it that way.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, at the moment, I feel like there's this momentum behind me that I've never actually felt before. Um, and I think it's having all this time mean, obviously this, this time at the moment it's not been great for everyone. Um, a little bit of history for me to put my situation in context. Um, I moved to Indonesia last February, so February 2019. Um, I think we met on a Terence McKenna page and I think it was quite a while ago but um, probably about 18 no more than that maybe two years ago I think and obviously we, we were talking here and there and then you read my chart and it was yeah and then I read your poem and stuff like that and we were talking about the magazine which is still something I'm interested in in doing but I think the idea was not quite ready I'll talk more about that later because it's actually a lot brewing at the moment behind the scenes but <coughs> Sorry, Um, so a bit of history for me. I moved to Indonesia in February 2019. I worked on this island, um, which is called Nikoi. I also work on another island called Chempedak. um, And I'm kind of a front of house manager. uh, Guest relations manager is my official title. Um, So it's a very strange job. I I live on these tiny islands um, in the middle of the sea. Uh, This one's 15 hectares. So, it's kind of the size of a small park, I suppose. Um, and um, yeah, so I was working here and then uh, the, uh, the, the virus hit in March and everything just shut down. So, since March for nine months, I've been living on a 15 hectare island with one other person. Um, so, it's been quite an interesting experience, um, to say the truth. Um, so, having all this time has really helped me focus my uh my energy my creative energy i've began i've begun to do things that i have wanted to do for a long time like songwriting um and producing music um and i've really sort of jumped into the uh, feet first um so and i can feel a lot of momentum kind of building at the moment uh, behind that i've shared a few videos recently and uh you know a couple of that well last time I checked it's four and a half thousand views on Facebook which is the best I've had so far um and I'm just being overwhelmed at the moment by people just coming to me and saying you know this is really good I'm really enjoying this but the thing that kind of resonates the most and means the most to me is people saying I really needed that today like thank you so much like it's really like helped or it's cheered me up or whatever and I feel like for me that's where my heart is lying you know like i can feel that that is giving me the most back this kind of um almost healing or
2: nurturing lifting. you have a moon in first house uh you're a virgo sun third house but your moon is in first house so it's like you're here to be of service with people not surprising your kind of front end house you know like i'm organizing the books and concierge whatever kind of style stuff um or at a level it seems uh so that's your son but then your moon is first house which is like aries flavored cupcake but it's in cancer so it's like yourself gets emotional satisfaction through nurturing i mean you really lose yourself in art you really lose yourself in helping others you really lose yourself in uh song playing a song or something like that like you kind of get in it's not so i mean it is about performance at some level because you're perfectionist a little because of the virgo thing but at some level you kind of like it's almost like tripping or a holographic kind of upgrading and you kind of disappear into this alternate side parallel timeline of like the muse or something like that right
0: yeah absolutely and i think the thing is is to be able to kind of cultivate that so it comes uh you know when you're younger you, you kind of oh you get this moment of like oh my god i just I, t- I touched it and and then as soon as it goes to doing it in front of someone else it's like oh i can't do it anymore like you close up and things and you lose that that otherworldliness you lose that ability to get into that that moment that amazing moment and the more you do it the more you practice it the easier it is to get into that moment and to cultivate that and make it into something so that's kind of where I am right now especially with the music and the art um, and the poetry you know like I've got to this point where everything's kind of converging and I can actually bring it up on demand I suppose and I can I can uh, and I, I, you're exactly right about the perfectionist thing, this is why it's taken so long, because I am a perfectionist to a T, like if something isn't exactly right, I'll just keep doing it over and over, and then I get really frustrated, and I go, oh screw it, I'm not going to do it anymore, because I can't get it exactly right, but letting go of a lot of that perfection, is something that I've had to learn as well, because actually my ability is a lot better than I think it is, even when it's not as good as I want it to be, um, and having all of this encouragement from people, even when I look at it and go, oh my God, I could do it so much better, or um, letting go of that actually clears me up to make it better. So there's a lot of kind of contradictions in, in my character, this free and easy spirit that wants to travel and live chaotically, but there's also there's like this kind of um, perfectionist that wants to do everything exactly right and be and to be exactly how I want it to be. So it's kind of like balancing those two aspects of your character and I think everyone has a juxtaposition in their character but that's mine you know like um
2: Extremely so with the sun opposite your north node you're saying it exactly your sun third house virgo is like I'm an editor I'm here to perfect this in a in a very um practical way and then but you know your midheaven destiny in north node are um in pisces ninth house so It's like I want to travel the high seas like it doesn't surprise me you're in like a tropical kind of ocean reality uh, that's where you should be going and it's also this it's not everybody has some opposite north node so it's like you're gonna find in this lifetime i guess uh that juxtaposition though it's innately true of everyone like we all have yin yang and you know things to balance uh you're gonna find it very pronounced in your own reality so just kind of accepting it and knowing that makes it a lot easier than being like what the fuck's wrong with me or whatever like that
0: no yeah exactly um completely right i I've, I've struggled with the two opposite sides of myself um, and trying to reconcile them in some way, but I don't know if there is any reconciliation between that. I just, I'm just using them both, you know, and trying to build something new out of the two th- the two sides of myself, I suppose. Um, I'm sure psychedelics that- have
2: helped kind of deteriorate those hard boundaries, uh, which I do want to get into because I think you're more of a psycho not than not. Uh, no pun intended. Do me a favor. I I mean, I, we will talk about whatever and I do want to get into your art, but we're kind of putting the heart, heart for the horse in my opinion. Where are you from? How did you get to where you are? Let's start. You're British. Like, what's your childhood like? How did you get reared? Were you always creative? Did you recently find this? When did you get into psychedelics? That kind of stuff. How did you find yourself adrift on the high seas of life the way you're living now kind of stuff? And you can be as long-winded or short-winded as you prefer.
0: How did I get weird? Um, I like that. Um, I don't I think I've always been this way. Like I've always been drawn towards I mean, Terence McKenna always says he's drawn towards the iridescent and I completely understand what he's talking about. I don't He's I also a Virgo was, third house,
2: sun, for the record. Oh no, he's a Scorpio third house. But his moon is in Virgo, so you're gonna resonate with him a in a way.
0: Isn't he a double Scorpio? I think he's a isn't he a double Scorpio?
2: Possibly depending on the chart type. I thought he was a Virgo moon. But I'll look into it later. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just like, yeah, McKenna's like I have a I'm a Gemini, so third house you know, Gemini energy, his Scorpio Suns in third house. Gonna resonate a lot with me naturally. You're obviously resonating with McKenna. A lot of people should look into Terrence McKenna if they haven't, one of the most poetic, um mental <laughs> uh scientific poets ever. But anyway, go ahead. Conscious yours.
0: I mean, yeah, he's he's just my he's my guy, man. Like he's he's changed he changed my life forever. Um but um yeah, so I was uh, born in England um, in 1988 in Wolverhampton. Uh, I've got a very complicated family structure. Um, my dad had three children before I was born. My mum had three children before I was born. And they were all a lot older than me. So my oldest brother was 28 when I was born and my youngest sister was 13. I had quite a lot of um, influence from uh, an older generation. And um, I never like really felt like i was a kid if you know i mean not in a bad way i just always felt like i had a a, an eye on my shoulders i suppose uh we when i was very young about it was about two years old i think um the south of france for a while and i think that's where my travel because we were kind of roving around for a long time and i think it kind of got into my bloodstream um and um and then we went back to England. I grew up in Middle-earth, Middle Middle, earth, middle England, um, in a town called Loughborough. Um, shout out to Loughborough. Woo! Um, and I uh, then went to university when I was 18, 19. I studied uh, fine art at university. Um, and that's when my introduction to psychedelics happened. And um, so I... I uh, was always fascinated by that side of life. I mean, I look at some of the things I used to write, some of the poetry I used to write as an adolescent or, uh, you know, playing music. I mean, I, the first time I picked up a guitar, I was 11 years old. My brother gave it to me and I was playing the Beatles. And I've always had, uh, I've been very lucky to be, have been exposed to incredible music from um, birth. You know, my mum... My to my own dismay when I was younger I used to play Joni Mitchell to me um all the time uh and uh you know the Beatles Led Zeppelin a lot of folk music so I was always exposed to a lot of music which I think again kind of got into my bloodstream um and I was always just fascinated by psychedelics I mean I didn't I mean I was young I was you know 13 years old and I remember hearing about acid and going yeah I mean that sounds like something I need to do you know like that. <laughs> I am really drawn towards that, like, and um, I was always drawn towards counterculture, witchcraft. I remember when I was younger, I got this book on being a witch, and you know, like, I used to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch and The Worst Witch, I was always like magic, magic, magic. And then, um, yeah, so then I went to university, and I just so happened, obviously, as the universe does, to be put into the social circle of people who were taking a lot of psychedelics and i was i think i was 19 when i took acid for the first time and it was i remember the over the overwhelming feeling was oh thank god for that magic is real magic is real i knew it and i remember lying there and the 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 sunrise came up and above me were these clouds and they, as you know, on, on any psychedelic, the clouds are just like, whoa, hello, you're amazing. Um, but these look like icebergs floating in this frozen sea above me with all the this, like, so I was in Birmingham with this, like, industrial revolution, all these buildings, like, grey buildings, but with this, like, glacial sea floating above me and then the sun was shining through the dew on the ground and making these fractal patterns and I was like oh my god it's real and I just I just remember it so clearly um changing everything and it was almost like a kind of like a god revelation you know like I can't like you you kind of know it's there but then you see it and you go oh god thank god for that I'm not going crazy you know like Timothy Leary says acid psychedelics often cause psychosis in people that have never taken it and and it was almost like that like oh now I know I'm sane. um and then I took a lot of acid and a lot of drugs for quite a few years and and had some pretty far out experiences um for probably from the age of about 19 to about 23 um uh but uh, the, the the thing that kind of Again, the juxtaposition, the opposition to all of that was that um, my dad was very poorly and I he was diagnosed about Alzheimer's when I was 11 years old and he died when I was 18. So this psychedelic journey was also like sort of maybe a purge or it was very difficult after all of that because it, it made me reconcile a lot of things that I hadn't reconciled because of the nature of his illness. Um, so when I was about 23, I had a really difficult time. All of this, like, overwhelming information that had been downloaded into me from through these years and years of going really far down the rabbit hole sort of whirlpooled into this, like, um, maybe like a, a, I don't know, psych- it wasn't psychosis, I didn't lose it, but I I, I was, I struggled, I struggled. Um, And then I kind of tried normal life for a while, you know, I got a job at a university and um, put all the art and the music on hold because um, I didn't really believe in myself, I suppose. Um, And then at the age of 26, 27, um, I had a pretty difficult breakup with someone and that was sort of a catalyst. I was still taking acid quite a lot, you know. We, we used to go and take acid all the time, and and um, and then I had this breakup, and it just like crumbled my entire life. It crumbled everything that I knew, everything I was, split into like a million pieces. And I was like, right, I need to, I need to rebuild myself. And I quit my job. I booked a one-way ticket to Bangkok, and I booked three nights in a hostel in Bangkok. I packed a bag and I left, and that was within like a few weeks of the breakup. Because I was like, I can't. I just have to do this now it was the best decision I ever made in my life ever um and ever since then I have just been roving around like I call myself the wandering minstrel you know because I'm just going around the world and making music and art and I mean it sounds all very romantic I mean there's a lot of struggles there and um yeah but it it, so that's basically where I am um I've uh, had a studio space in Australia, been, to, uh, I've, you know, been in a few gallery openings and exhibitions and things like that for my art. Um, a lot of my art is very psychedelic, um, in one way or another, a lot of ge- geometry, a lot of fractals, but also it's got quite a, a lot of organics in there as well. A lot of nature, and it's all very much inspired by, uh, psychedelics. I mean, it has to be, um, if you see it I mean it looks like a trip you know um, and uh, yeah and then I, I, I came to Indonesia a few years ago and I've been here ever since um, so yeah that's kind of a very brief brief history of, of me
2: that's what's up uh, you are a squirmy motherfucker uh, because I hear you move it around a lot and your microphones doing weird stuff right now you sound perfect and crystalline so kind of do what you're doing now continually if you can um and i know getting comfortable is important to you moon and first house cancer it's like i want to feel good um but yeah for practical reasons uh don't squirm around as much as possible or at least watch your finger or mouth or whatever on the microphone um you'll probably be annoyed with how noisy it was when you hear this later uh but i'm yeah trying to help you here so um in any event it sounds fascinating um i am always Uh, I'm titling this episode like, uh, I think, How to Find the Others or something like that, Finding the Others. Um, Very Timothy Leary thing. It seems like you've been going down Team Rabbit Hole shit your whole life. I mean, you're obviously Soul Tribe, it seems, right? Like gang-gang, as they say. So um, doing psychedelics, art, music, travel, uh, I feel that. Raphael feels that too. Um, A lot of people listening to this will feel that. What are some of the... um, I mean going to I, what you did with Bangkok reminds me I I moved to Hawaii like one way ticket you know kind of thing same same idea at one point um was that scary or did, was it just like a shedding of an old life and you're like all right cool I'm ready to go on um into the travel mode and it seems like you've been kind of staying around um Oceania and Asia Southeast Asia um do you have any plans of I mean have you wanted to travel western Europe or you know America or just, I'm trying to um I'm just asking random questions, so don't feel like pressure. But I'm just curious: why have you stayed in those areas, and uh, what other places would you like to go to, if possible?
0: Is this a bit better? I hope this is a little bit better. I was. It sounds better. I'm. I'm a bit kind of like I gesticulate quite a lot when I'm talking, so it's probably why. Um, so I yeah, uh, well, when I so I think the reason why I was drawn to Southeast Asia was. Um, or Bangkok especially I, I had a friend when I was younger that had gone to Southeast Asia and um he'd actually written the friend he was my boyfriend at the time but it was very brief and he'd actually written me a lot of letters because this was like kind of pre I think mobile phones I mean they were around but I don't think sim cards were so easy to get out here at that time so he actually wrote me letters and stuff and I remember reading them and going oh my god that sounds amazing and just always been drawn to the tropical, oriental, something extremely opposite to what I know. I've always, always been drawn to it, um, and so uh, yeah. I mean, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Like getting on that plane, or booking that ticket, and getting on that plane on my own. I remember get being, I was, on the, I was on the plane from England to, it must have been Saudi Arabia or maybe Dubai, the, tra- the the transfer, and I just cried and cried and cried. It was like a purge, you know, like it was, it was so funny. And this poor woman next to me was like, Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm okay, i just, I'm really, really scared. I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, you'll be all right, don't worry. And she was really, really nice to me actually, this woman. Um, and I just remember thinking, what the hell am I doing? Like, and then I got to Bangkok and I was like, I just, I just remember feeling in Thailand. And, and so I did three months in Thailand and then three months in Vietnam. Um, just, just like this, I felt more alive and more awake than I'd ever felt in my entire life. I, I, I just was, it was, it's like a, it's like a psychedelic trip. I mean, that's why they call it a trip. You know, travel is just as eye-opening as, as taking drugs in some ways more um, it lasts longer you learn more like I, I was listening to a talk uh, on uh, I think it was Dr. Chris Ryan on the Duncan Trussell family hour and he was talking about travel and how it dilates time um, and and obviously when you're living your normal life you've got a job and stuff like that there's not many novel experiences that happen each day you wake up in the morning you have a coffee you drive the same route to work so time is not punctuated by new experiences and therefore it goes by a lot more quickly or maybe you there's novel travel-
2: experiences but the like the scope of the, like i mean if you transplant yourself into exotic southeast asia but you've been used to birmingham it's like every level of its novel like even just going to the bathroom is crazy right i mean it's just like uh it's it's not i think you know people living mundane lives in like a nine to five whatever there still could be a lot of magic there but the overall um i guess the the circle is much broadened like you know the sphere of novelty is like what's not touched by it when you're traveling right I think I've heard McKenna talk about that where it's very similar to psychedelics where it's just like there's boundary disillusionment is what travel is. You're entering, you know, your body doesn't know what time it is. So your biology is all fucked up. Uh, the language is surreal and new. Um, the, the flavors, the colors, the textures, the cultural, you know, like um, artifacts or, you know, all these things. So, yeah, travel is like the most psychedelic thing. And because you're North Node and Midheaven are in Ninth House, which is Sagittarius, travel, exotic places, truth, philosophy – pisces it's like yeah you're gonna find yourself wanting not only tripping literally on psychedelics but also life as a trip so doing what you're doing is kind of right up the alley
0: yeah no exactly um and and you're completely right about like the 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 mundane life i don't even think it's a mundane life doing these things like there's so much magic in it you're exactly right everyone's drawn towards different things but the The outright novelty and it's just completely opposing to everything you ever know when you come to a place like Southeast Asia um it just screws like with your appreciate your time I suppose your relative experience of time so those six months I first spent in Southeast Asia were equivalent to about three years of experience downloaded into me um and I um and so yeah so I spent these three months in Thailand. I met the most amazing people I still talked to. And then my time in Vietnam was probably the most psychedelic in that way. is uh, Because I, I just, I, I don't even know how to describe it really. I, I, I bought a bike and I drove around Vietnam for three months essentially is the long and short of it. But it was the most freeing, most independent, most... Um, I remember getting deja vu, like constantly, like constant deja vu, synchronicity everywhere. Um, I was so inspired by everything and it started off this amazing art journey for me. Um, and then I went to Australia afterwards and I got a studio space and I, it, it almost like, it, it, like a psychedelic trip downloaded all this stuff into me, which I've sort of carried on with me forever since. Um so uh i i can't really remember why i was saying i've gone off Just on the about novelty of, of
2: southeast asia i mean it, i uh i mean obviously artistically it opened you up it seems like you found a sense of yourself um independently like you're saying found your yourself in a mature kind of adult way finding oneself um and i mean let's be real like southeast asia is beautiful i've seen enough anthony bourdain to know what vietnam looks like and it's like uh you know it's it's exotic Period, but especially to people who are like, I mean, I haven't been to England, um, but it seems more, you know, like there's places in America where it's just kind of like, well, the sky's always kind of drab, and everybody lives in these, you know, four, four privet drive kind of thing, Harry Potter style, um, and you went to like um, almost the natural Harry uh, Hogwarts, where it's like it's a, maybe a building like a castle. It's like the whole environment is the is the school.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I think you just realize that there's so much scope for the way that you can live your life when you go to a completely different country um you realize that simplicity is kind of where it's at you know I think it's funny again I was listening to a podcast the other day by Ram Dass and he was saying that um he had come to India from um these um uh, like gatherings of people who would take who had given all their possessions away in America and they'd gone back to living really, really simply. And he went to India and he found these villages where everyone was living really, really simply, just like these uh, communities that he, they, they made in, in America. And he said, the funny thing was, is that he that it was the start of the cycle for them because they were starting to get gold watches and uh, Ferraris or whatever, maybe not Ferrari, but were starting to get all the material objects that everyone had, left behind in America and and this, this, this cycle was starting and he'd left at the end of it you know if, if you know what I mean so it's almost like this return to simplicity it's it's a very simple way of living but I can see here as well this desire for uh, uh, materialism uh, you know the best of the best having the, the latest phone and things like that is, is and I'm coming in from the other end and going, I don't want any of that stuff. I'm coming here to be away from all of that. You know, I, I want to live a really simple life. I mean, right now I'm I'm in a, in, a, in, a, in a hut or villa. It's not really a hut, it's better than a hut, it's a villa. Um, but it's, you know, it's all exposed to the element. There's lizards crawling all over the walls. There's otters. We've got otters here at the moment and they won't leave us alone and they keep squeaking. So they're, they're running around. There's, you know, crickets and grasshoppers everywhere I and mean, it's just it's I, I i essentially live in a jungle um and i think that the the simplicity of it that the open space of it in your maybe the electromagnetic frequency or lack thereof that exists here um in a very unique position obviously um i like a lot of it places in the world I think it's just it's just suits me it just suits me like the sun the humidity everything I'm drawn towards the tropics because it it just right it you know if past lives are real which I tend to think they are I think I must have just been southeast Asian or or even Indian or so you know I I I feel like I'm I'm at home here more than I feel like I am in England in, in in some ways it feels right in my heart to be here um uh so I, you know life isn't isn't all roses it can be really tough as well just like any you know you're, you still follow yourself around I'm still mean I still have all my hang-ups and I still have all my pathologies and things like that, that I have to deal with and contend with but it's a lot easier when the sun's shining you know so
2: that's what's up I'm glad that you found kind of a niche uh where you can feel like a fucking otter at play it sounds. Otters are dope. I've, I've never really seen many, if any, in the wild but they're a playful little creature that I very much resonate with. Um, I say let's go ahead and play a song. Unless, Raphael, do you have any um thoughts? You've been very quiet. I'm sure you're enjoying yourself. You Libra, you.
1: Yeah, I've just been imagining the lizards. I mean, I like lizards. Although, I mean, as cute as animals can be If they annoy you, they can be really annoying, too. So, yeah, it's a challenge unto itself, for sure.
2: Right, especially if one is used to, like, sterility of modernity, where it's like, oh, AC and no bugs or, you know, animals in the house. I've had open windows in Hawaii, so I kind of know, like, we'd have flying cockroaches come in, which is one of the most horrifying experiences in my (laughs) life. I'd just be like, holy fuck. Um, Because cockroaches are weird anyway, but when they're, like, a few inches long and flying, it's just like, oh, my God. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's funny because, like you were saying, Lucky, the West has kind of modernized through, through post enlightenment kind of, um, I mean, it's been very Virgoan and Capricornian in the sense that it's trying to organize, label, identify, or, uh, you know, structure, uh, clean, like, you know, scan all this stuff, which has its beauty and value. Um, but there's also something that we've kind of become devoid with in terms of contact with nature and the primacy of the feminine gaia principle or whatever and it sounds like uh you know even uh westerners are fleeing the cities of the west not all of them but some feel the call to go back to some primitivism or something like that um it reminds me of Gogon with tahiti right like he was in france hanging out with bingo and shit he's like fuck this i'm i'm going to the islands and it's like very similar where it's like we there's this exotic kind of romanticism of going into these places for the westerner whereas i'm sure you know local uh indonesians are like i really want what high fi- high speed internet i really want you know <laughs> air conditioning would be awesome or whatever um so it's funny how there's this kind of a uh, mishmash between um cultural hemispherics and globalization the internet especially this kind of an externalized neurological network as marshall mcclellan would kind of say um is really uniting these uh you know tibetans did not live like french you know parisianers in from the 1700s like they're just so different and now there's this ability to cross-pollinate in such a way that we're becoming hopefully uh you know ideally a global culture with uh individual kind of cultural traits specific to regions being maintained and valued like history and culture you know um you know people in bangkok not being exactly nyc not being exactly london um but at the same time there's kind of this uh equal access very democratized kind of uh, technological access which is very age of aquarian so I just said a whole lot. Uh, Raphael or Lucky, before we go to our music break, any thoughts? And when we come back, we could talk about art, philosophy, whatever the fuck ever.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that the clash between two cultures is something that I'm very much kind of uh, aware of and, and in, interested by. For example, when you're in Southeast Asia, anyone who's traveled to Southeast Asia or maybe other countries as well, um, one of the main beauty focuses for women is uh, skin bleaching is to make their skin white light as light as possible and everywhere you go every pharmacy you go in every Seven you'll see a product that or lots of products that will be to, to bleach skin to make it whiter and then there's us going out there lying on the beach you know trying to get tanned um and it's just such a funny clash you know um and you know we're trying to get back to nature and all of these things and these guys are like they, they've been living it they, they're trying to get away from it they're trying to modernize um oh, there's no way you can avoid modernization i mean i have a, i have my laptop you know i have my phone i'm talking to you right now over the internet i mean i'm living about as remotely as you can get in a, on a tiny island in the middle of the sea but i can still talk to you across two different time zones immediately you know it's it's insane that 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 exists um and it's I, I really, really enjoy, and I think it will lead quite nicely onto our next um, bit of discussion, this, this combination of two opposing forces, because uh, I'd quite like to talk about uh, my my kind of future goals in in that um, in that realm. So uh, yeah, we'll, we want to take a, a music break and then I'll come back to that.
2: Perfect. Uh, I picked a David Gilmore song, who's the guitarist for Pink Floyd, you probably know, um, and ironically you've said these exact words a few times, On an Island is the song title, um, I think he's talking more about England, but you as an islander have just traveled to new islands it seems, so very dreamy kind of uh, Pisces, North Node, Cancer Moon stuffs. So I think you'll enjoy it, and David Gilmore is one of my favorite guitarists, so dig it.
1: And welcome back to episode 193, what Finding movie. the Others. can't a bit
0: of Pink Floyd. I think you just,
2: like, they're just amazing. Well, it's a solo thing, uh so it's not technically Pink Floyd, it's just Gilmore. And I think um Crosby, David Crosby, was singing some of those harmonies with them or something. Um, but yeah, like I said, I opened with a Genesis track. They're British as fuck, one of my favorite prog rock bands. And then Pink Floyd is probably one of the things that influences me as a guitarist the most um so yeah beautiful shit super dreamy i felt it resonated especially given the fact that you're on a fucking island um so it's called on an island as the track title so lucky uh you were kind of alluding to the fact that you want to talk about uh duality polarity kind of balance it's funny Raphael's a libra right the scales i'm a sun and moon gemini so a double gemini uh twins and then you're a sun (laughs) oppose north node so virgo you you have your own axiom i guess you could say and everybody does but what are your thoughts on the whole yin yang duality thing
0: well i think it's just so it's so prevalent right now in the world this kind of like opposition everything's opposed um, before we get into that i just wanted to say thank you to you guys for having me on here as well because um I know i've been speaking about it for ages but it's it's really I, I feel very grateful to to be on here so thanks guys for having me
2: Oh, dude, your team Rival as fuck. fuck. As soon as we started talking like a year ago, about, I mean, we've been, do, it's 193 episodes, but we started really going hard when I was in Australia, which is right around when you moved to the new island in February or whatever was happening, um, when we talked kind of. And yeah, you were somebody I wanted to get on here for a while, but because of time zones, it's so crazy. Like right now it's, you know, morning time for me, mid afternoon for Raphael and late, you know, midnight or whatever for you. So. It's been a little tricky to coordinate, but I'm more than uh, happy and honored to have you here, and I'm sure Raphael feels the same way.
0: Synchronize. Um, yeah, so that's, the, yeah, it's like 1am here, so um, I, I am caffeined up and ready to go. Um, so yeah, talking of the the, the kind of, uh, speaking of the oppositions and things, I think, I think one of the problems the main problems that everyone seems to see quite clearly is the the massive oppositions in the world the fact that one side of the argument can immediately disagree with the other side i say that with uh, finger quotes because they see them as the opposite and therefore they close themselves off to um, any kind of communication with them and you see it all over the internet um, and I think, so going back to that, the, the idea of, of where I am right now, um, artistically, so it's all very well and good creating things for the sake of creating and, and I really enjoy creating, I love painting, I love making, I love playing music, um, but it's sort of like one dimensional for me and it, and it gives me a lot, I mean I love it, I love writing poetry, but it, it almost feels sort of self-indulgent, you know, it's like I'm doing it for me and other people might be getting things out of it, but I think meaning is really important in 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 anything you do and I think you need to use the tools that you have or the passion that you have to try and maybe better the world in, in any way. Um, and you guys are doing it, you know, you guys work really, really hard to make these podcasts and uh, to, to, to get people talking about things and, you know, you, you're there, you, you've got meaning in what you're doing and it's wonderful and you're getting it out there. And I've just been considering how... For a while, again, we were talking about Zine for a, a while back. That's one idea that I had, but I, as I said earlier, it was kind of primordial. It didn't, it didn't feel like it had quite enough behind it yet. Um, like the the
2: nature of brainstorming, you know, a lot of lightning, like heat lightning, goes on. Sometimes it strikes. I think the bottom line: um, you're one of the souls on earth that I've run across. Uh, there's a few other people that I'm like. I need to collaborate with you at some level. Like I feel like you're on the wave and you're doing creative shit. So it's like. Well, you're already in Never Neverland, and you are a lost boy, so why the fuck aren't we, like, playing games and making ports? That's how it feels to me, at least. I mean, whether whatever form it takes doesn't really... I mean, whether, you know, I'd like to collaborate with you musically if you wanted, or do something like what we were saying with a zine, although that's a lot of work. Um, what you were saying a minute ago about me and Raphael, like... this doesn't feel like work. I know Raphael does a little of the technical stuff and I kind of wrangle the cats and, you know, write little blips and ask questions and shit. But this is fun. Ultimately, it's about highest excitement, you know, joy. This doesn't feel like work. Kind of like, you know, when you're flowing in a jam session or an art session, it doesn't feel like work. Now, the functional kind of role behind it should be kind of twofold. Like you're saying, I think it is self-serving catharsis, which is healthy and good. Like we should do things that bring us pleasure. But at some level, it shouldn't be masturbatory and like at no consequence to others. Um, it should be a, um, um, an act of service to the whole, like you were saying. Anyway, just interjecting that. Go ahead with whatever you're saying.
0: No, exactly. No, you're right. I mean, and, and the thing is, you kind of reach this level where it is self-serving, but it's also external as well, which is wonderful because you're both in the flow and, and outside of it as well. You're riding that wave, and and so I think that comes to you when it comes to you. You know, it, it, there's no there's no rushing that. The the energy will build at the point where it needs to, and you have all the information and the things that you need at hand and then it will all come together and I think going back to the thing you were saying about the angel card about patience I think that I'm actually a very patient person and I think I've just been waiting for this to all come together and I feel like right now it kind of is because I'm feeling a lot of momentum happening and so I was listening to this um, Terence McKenna talk and I've heard it a million times I think but he was talking about um art and shamanism and it's interesting i don't know if you've seen in the news recently they found this 8 mile wall in colombia i think it's colombia that's just coated in um old uh, cave painting 12,500 years ago and um you know this all these kind of like uh, beautiful uh, artworks that they they're going to take years and years to decode and unpack so it's kind of along those lines like the the origins of art the orange the origins of magic and shamanism are all linked in together and what shamanism is and i know shamanism is thrown around right now and i kind of hesitate to use the word shamanism because of maybe the kind of connotations it has but um i mean it more as a kind of like accessing or bridging between Two worlds, I suppose, but shamanism will do in in in, in, in the kind of context we're in. Um, so I was listening to this talk by Terence McKenna, and he talks about the origins the origins of art and shamanism, how they were linked, and that um, a shaman was using art and healing to to bridge the gaps between the between man and nature uh, to heal what you know gaps. Uh, so if, if man had, uh, ravaged nature in some way or needed to hunt or anything like that, um, the shaman was there to, to heal that wound. So it kind of got me thinking about how, um, art, I feel like art kind of has lost its way in some ways. I felt this for a long time. I studied fine art. I studied the history of art and contemporary art, and I've always felt that contemporary art, the art artistic canon this kind of the turner awards and all of that are so inaccessible to people that art has become something um that's um it's it's almost like not doing its job because it's not talking to everyone it's talking to a very small amount of people it's very postmodern
2: in that sense it's like a specific reality tunnel where it's like i'm experiencing this flavor of you know schizophrenic north american life or whatever the fuck it is right uh, where it's not, it doesn't mean it's not tapping into universal archetypes, but it seems like what we've, two things have happened. One, everybody's like, so in, wrapped up in their own universes that it's hard to get out of the gravity of that. So that's why nihilism and existentialism and all these things, and they're not untrue at some level, but it's like, that's why they're so popular. Cause everyone's like, I don't see how I fit into the whole nihilism or, Oh, all I touch and all I see is all my life will be Pink Floyd lyric, right? Existentialism. Or it's like, it's all about me. Solipsism. Um, and these things appeal more and more because if we have such a fractured reality. It's all good, I guess. It's where the dream is evolving and we have to kind of evolve through the polarities as they are. Um, but then also market values have changed, right? So at one point, like um, – it's funny. I was watching um, Werner Herzog's documentary called Cave of Forgotten Dreams. If you haven't seen that, you'd like it. Uh, it's showing some cave art from like 35,000 years ago in France, like the oldest known um, – Symbolic representations, kind of thing, uh, right? Las, what?
0: Las, Lascaux, Lascaux caves?
2: No, similar. Um, they shut those down because people's breathing caused mold on the walls. So they're like, no one can come here. This one is like, um, it's in the south of France, kind of, you know, uh, I'll send you a link to the documentary. There's a documentary website that has free documentaries. Um, but south of France, nearby, probably, right? Um, but different. It's not, it's called Chevaux, I think. Um, in any event, uh they were kind of determining that like this was uh, because there's you know like a pair a pair of paw prints from a wolf like in a boy and it's like these are you know were they was it hunting him were these five thousand years apart like because it's everything starting to fossilize in a certain way um because uh you know stalactites and stalagmites and stuff um it's kind of this weird these abysses of time as you were saying i'm kind of rambling but the point i guess i was getting is um, the function of art was very different back then. It unified them. They were almost in a dream state, uh, and then starting to create symbolic meaning and archetype. They were falling into consciousness in a certain way, um, because Neanderthals, uh, which are similar to humans or whatever had, they were making tools, but they weren't making representational tools. So like the woman of Villendorf, like these Venus fertility goddesses, this all starts there. And there's even on one stalactite, like kind of like this bull woman motif, which is like Picasso. Did this Beauty and the Beast kind of comes from this? Like these are archetypes that are like fundamental to the nature of what it means to be human in our minds. And when you go back far enough, it comes. It comes to this kind of orgiastic moment, like McKenna would say, Stone Age things, right? Um, where it's like ma- everything's magic, anything can be anything. It's so open and porous that like it was like it, we did. not We were learning how to create um labeled meaning, like Adam naming the animals or whatever is very symbolic of like we were trying to put certain linear, logical masculine understanding on top of the dream but we were falling into it from a place of a kind of enmeshment or something like that and now we're kind of at the end of that where it's like we've colonized everything we've researched you know we get as much as we can we're creating artificial intelligence for fuck's sake we might have time machines and you know mars colonies and all sorts of weird shit soon so we're gonna have to like the pendulum is swing back to like the archaic revival right mckenna's whole thing it's like we're missing the magic and it's not to say that ai isn't magic and smart cities aren't magic and you know like Elon Musk isn't magical in his own way, but it's very Atlantean and not Lemurian, if that makes any sense. I didn't mean to cut you off with the whole tirade. Go for it.
0: No, no, it's, it's no. You, you, you struck on some really interesting points, and I think it goes back to the circular nature of going back to the origins. You know, I was talking about earlier, you know, going back into into the simplistic life. After going through the materialistic world, maybe the past, uh, uh, our histories since the first um, cave paintings. I mean, they were they were moving into the material world. They were represent. It was still very. Con- it was a conscious world, but they were represent representing the material world and all of that stuff. So we've gone through this big journey of industrialization and focusing on you know jet planes and taking stuff out of the world to make stuff. And and I think that interestingly enough, like the digital revolution is about going back into the non-material world um you know the, the fact that you can fit the entire internet on a gram of dna you know like they can actually do that now you know we, i mean that's still material but it's it's just just changing everything into um a more a more con- we're in a we're in a conscious revolution in so many ways um and so uh yes yeah, so going back to the you've you touched a lot of points there and it's really really um, and I try to remember all of them but you're talking about the south of France which is also a kind of synchronistic thing with me because the, the cave paintings the original cave paintings the oldest cave paintings in the world are in an area called the Dordogne of, in France which is actually where I lived when I was very young when I was two years old that's where I lived now I don't know if there's like it's just just when I hear about this stuff it's like that's just so so weird to me because all of this stuff is now coming back full circle to me that the this, this is what I'm drawn towards. This, this old shamanistic kind of like, the origins of it all, the, the accessing of, of this other realm, um, and a lot of, a lot of the stuff was to try and embody nature, to embody animals and things like that, um, in order to understand it. And so my idea, which is still very primordial, and I'm still struggling to kind of like, uh, put it into any kind of concrete thing you know concrete uh, manifesto I suppose but the idea is um, going back to the healing the nurturing is to look at people who are who are who are working artistically whether it be podcasts or music or visual work and 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 to try and bring two opposing completely opposing things together to make something new because I think that's what we do so well as humans is to bring two abstract things together to make something new or many many abstract things together to make something completely new, that's what we do. Maybe again going back to my uh, birth charts and, and the, the opposition there, that might, that might be why I'm drawn towards this idea of, of opposition, but I think if you can if you can do something once you can repeat it. So if if, if as an artistic collective which is the idea of, the, the idea I'd eventually like to get to, um, you can get artists from many, many genres, music, podcasts, poetry, if you can get a kind of an agenda of, of juxtaposition, of bringing two opposing things together to make something better out of those two things, if you, can, if you can make that happen enough times, you can lay that on top of other problems in the world, such as political divisions, such as cultural divisions and if you can do that if you can make a skeleton enough times and that's what art does I mean it, it does something in an abstract way which then gets laid over reality uh, and solves problems you know I mean like science fiction you you have science jumping between two different things now sorry but like say science fiction like Star Trek all the things that existed in Star Trek in the 60s now exist now, you know, apart from like warp drives and things like that, but they're working on it because someone had the idea to do it in the first place and then now we lay it over reality because everything starts as an idea. So my my, my thought is if you, can, if you can get people together who, who are very good at, at pulling two opposing forces together and making something new, which is what art is, you can then create a skeleton, a framework that, that can then heal divisions in the world because i do think that that's the biggest problem in the world right now is people don't listen to each other they just black blank each other out because they can't see a middle ground so i'm not explaining myself very well because
2: you're doing it's... fine don't even sweat it i hear what you're saying i mean in a sense mckenna i think was saying like art art is the you know the role of art is to save humanity kind of thing and now like there's different kinds of artists, and I mean, I guess Rihanna and, you know, Miley Cyrus are cool and can potentially be alchemists of the soul at some level, but it seems they've sold out to a Babylonian machine in a certain way that, like, not to take away from their value, but it's a different kind of value than maybe what, what we're idealizing, which is like, oh, the alchemists find each other and they create a modern Greenwich Village through the internet, and then that Greenwich Village creates a new renaissance of thought, um, through kind of more, hippie idealism or something like that versus like uh you know Tokyo New York kind of London cityscape thing which just has its own beauty don't get me wrong I think you know an artist can come from there and people can be attracted to sleek modern you know techno whatever that has its place and value and it's really nice to have it at all um but it sounds more like you're trying to like there's uh, I mean I don't know where your vision goes but like an orgy of creativity right like the the uh, Stone ape theory is like, you know, at one point no one knew who the mother was and everyone was just banging around in the cave and then the women got pregnant and they're just like everyone thought that was magic and they're like, holy shit, women are goddesses. Like, we're all coming from you anyway because we don't understand what the fuck's going on. In any event, it seems like something like that creatively is... I mean, that's what Burning Man is, I guess, but then even that kind of has its own pitfalls. It's funny because when we're talking about duality, it's like... I mean, this is the nature of, you know, all in the one, the one, in the all, but at the same time there's variance in degree which is like polarity um when you're standing in you know the arctic circle or something you're like man i wish i was uh, there's value here but i'm you know the grass is always greener syndrome right where it's like oh i'm here and these are the things i value but there's differentiation and i long for that and then the people down the tropics are like man if i could just get away from monsoons for a year and see the fall foliage of you know new england or whatever you know it's like Everybody's always grass is greener. I'm kind of rambling because I think what happens is you start getting me excited about ideas, but I don't really have a cage for these ideas yet, so they're just like, Um. Anyway, you were talking – it doesn't sound – it's embryonic, but, I mean, Team Rabbit Hole is fuck. This is what I've been trying to do in a certain way but not executing it perfectly, and it seems like enough people are trying to kind of churn the cauldron in a certain way to create a certain elixir to drink from, and when we drink that draught, that is the Philosopher's Stone for our tribe, if that makes any sense
0: yeah no exactly it's 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 alchemy isn't it you know there's the alchemists. they all brought these different elements together to see what would happen um and they they had a requirement and i mean alchemy's just like a whole thing i mean alchemy shamans it's all the same kind of thing it's and they're the ones that kind of like push the future or or maybe they're being pulled from the future or something like that i mean i don't know but um, you were talking about Rihanna and Miley Cyrus, and I think they are, again, the they are they are needed and they're required because they are the mothers in the cave. You know, they're the this is old archetype. They're the, they are the, the the princess. You know, we we need these archetypes. We live by these archetypes, but and and great and and people girls grow up and they see them and 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 all of that but it's still it's 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 old you know this is old news now we've got we've got the female goddesses and we worship them and there's nothing wrong with that at all but let's let's try and let's turn this on its head you know let's do the, the the hangman you know let's wipe the slate clean and and see what we can do by mixing kind of the princess and then the fool or you know, let's mix these things together and see what happens. Like, and I think I think that's what what I'd like to to draw upon is is um, a, a, like a renaissance, I suppose. I mean, it's it's a very hoity-toity and highfalutin. Because I mean, it no, it's real up. though.
2: I mean, at one point people didn't draw with perspective, and then Da Vinci popped in the fucking Italy, and then everyone's like drawing with perspective. Renaissances are real, and oh, I think wow. in a McKenna time wave sense, they happen in kind of iterations. But anyway, go ahead, Raphael.
1: No, I just want to say, like, uh, also with the whole perspective drawing and so on, these are all perspectives, including the whole stoned ape idea. However, not getting into that, just to your point, uh, Lucky, definitely it's about, in a sense, the unification of opposites. It is about the alchemical process, which, you know, there is stages to it. Uh, you know, calcination, dissolution, so on and so forth. Um, and aside from that. I mean, in terms of platform and practicality, we are here. <laughs> Everyone feeling psychologically and spiritually ready to contribute in whatever way and synthesize, I'd say, is welcome. You know, ultimately, it is always a matter of resonance, um, and also, in a sense, and this may, you know, be the maybe also the shadow side of the whole thing, but it is, you know, intimately related. You talked about creating for creation's sake itself in a sense we spoke a bit about excitement also yesterday with alex about the love as the fuel of the true fuel the lasting fuel of any endeavor again what i would call excitement um and then however what i kind of ask if it is the right question, I'm not sure. But in a sense, like, what is the requirement uh, for proper collaboration? Because what I can see, and we've spoken about this in regards to communities, and as far as I can see, with artistic collaboration, it is very similar. If you really want to do this without um, information loss, let's say, without resistance and without uh, the usual, you know, psychological mind games, many are, you know, still dealing with shadows and so on. Then uh, there is a requirement, let's say, for a certain level of awareness. Uh, what do you say?
0: Definitely, definitely. I, th- I don't think it can be entered into lightly. I think you have to really strip everything back and go back to intuition and grip feeling and synchronization. I think true collaborations happen organically and they come because they were always meant to, you know, like you can't force. You can't force this. It it, it happens because it, it flows, um, <clears throat> and it it, it it just becomes. And there are so many people dealing with a lot of issues, and uh, and everyone is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I am. We all are, you know. And but I think that some people live more in truth, and I think the people that do live more in truth, and 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 live with that 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 work within their own truth or, or are discovering it, they're very easy to see, very easy to see someone who's doing that, who's, who's growing. Um, and I think sometimes people just fall across your path. Um, and you are given these kind of like opportunities to work with them and it's up to you whether you take them or not. Um, so I right now I'm very much trying to, um, uh, not be so lazy and procrastinate. And, and if, I've had so many people recently come and say I want to do a music collaboration with you. Like I've had a guy from France, and he's like asked me to record a, uh, a song for him. And um, I've asked a, I've asked a, a, a girl I've never met on, and she's she's a poet. And I just said, well, she did a Facebook post, and it was so synchronistic that the image she posted and the words she used was so resonant with one of the songs that I've written I was like I can't believe that you've done that and you should write something and I'll put some music to it so it's kind of seeing those signposts you know those they're very personal to you they can't be there's no kind of agenda you can't be like oh I'm you know you kind of just set something out there so I need I want to work like recently I was like I need to work with people I need to collaborate with people and I kind of set that intention out in the universe and lo and behold it all comes back to you and then you're choice then is to take those opportunities and make them into something and they're not all going to work like some of them are not maybe because of you maybe because of the other person maybe because of timing but I think if you can grasp them and make the most out of them that you can even if it's a failure it's it's still learning um and this is why this kind of like uh the thing that you know the artists collective that I'm thinking of it's it's going to grow in its own speed it's going to happen in its own speed and um i'm not going to rush it i'm just going to the, the ideas. i'm reading about shamanism at the moment and oh, i've got a load of journal articles that i've downloaded so you know i'm in no rush here i'm just going to let it happen and it's happening i can feel the currents happening underneath it all it's, it's just very intuitive you know it, you have to go with your gut
1: Yeah, let me just say, uh, I completely agree. This is many times recounted, also the origin story of Team Rabbit Hole. And for me, individually, I'd say this is how I ever got to be anywhere or to do anything. (laughs) Ultimately is, uh, you know, following uh, my excitement, trusting and uh, reading the signs when they are readily apparent and going with the flow. Right, like that's
2: a good example. I never thought I'd have a podcast, right? Um, Team I Little To Me started with just like posting images and quotes because I saw people posting like food selfies and weird shit all the time back in the mid, you know, like twenty ten or whatever. And I was just kind of like over it. I started eating a lot of LSD. Started listening to Alan Watts, Tim, um, you know, Terence McKenna, people like that. Um, Manly P Hall, right? Kind of, but like almost too much at once. And then I was also isolated. Uh, growing marijuana, um, up in Colorado and didn't interact with people. So, in order to not go crazy, I was like, I've got to get this juice out, you know, somehow. And that's why I started making posts. The post turned into a hashtag. Someone said that's funny. You should make that into a thing. Made a meme page. The meme page turned into this podcast. I mean, at one point, Raphael basically had talked to him at length, you know, on and off psychedelics. Um, he's kind of like my Morpheus or something. (laughs) And, he i mean last year right about last year or something you're like why don't we make you know have these conversations online and i was like sure so we had about five or ten with just us shooting the shit and i'm just a gemini so i'm like let's have other people too like i'm interested like you're cool i'm cool let's have cool people and i don't mean that like an elitist way particularly but it's like you know let's have you know if you get certain minds together like very interesting alchemy occurs and it's potentially possible with everybody but I guess what happens is, like your guys are saying, like where people are individually, where they are in their journey, compared to where other people are and stuff, the alchemy may or may not present itself as fully as it could potentially at any other time or whatever. And so, just so crazy. Crazy. yeah, go for it. Yeah, so Raphael is the reason this podcast even exists, but it was coming from the 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 waters of just like angst, creativity, and isolation, and all this weird shit in the internet, right, and drugs.
1: And drugs. Well, uh, I was, uh, you know, full disclosure in a sense. I may mean, mention this online already that I was, you know, when you have these intuitions, you can, as you said, lucky, you can sometimes sense or read energies, or you have probabilities and you can see potentialities. As far as I remember, it was really just Jim was posting about some crazy experience, and I was like, oh, this is super interesting <clears throat> because it is, you know. So I was just like, let's talk. And then after some time, I believe I even consciously had the I figured like, oh, probably at some point we're going to collaborate. Or at least I sense that we could because that's what I mentioned earlier. It's um, it's already amazing, you know, if you can be creative for yourself in whatever degree and at the same time self loving, you know, and not uh, force yourself, you know, overstress yourself and all of that, that's already awesome. And then when you're actually able to find out with which you can, you know, play create or whatever, that's a whole other level. But then again, a matter of, you know, awareness, resonance, uh, dynamics, all of that. Um, and then the whole, so I kind of, in a sense had, well, in, in a way foreseen that this was a potential at least. And then in terms of what we're doing here, just like Jim said, I mean, even in the first shows we actually already invited people. I was recently looking this up Um But anyways, the whole idea is just to do this alchemy and to do this synthesis and not even – because this is, you know, as you would say, on a shoestring or no budget or no even, you know, whatever plan operation. This is just happening, way of least resistance and highest excitement. But one of the ideas, of course, is to actually simply make interesting individuals aware of each other and also, in a sense, one could say, to show that we are many. Because it's obviously not even though we are very happy and delighted if we can interview someone like Rupert Sheldrick or Richard Rudd, for example, who may be more known. It's really just about recognizing for me, like everyone has some amazing stories to share, amazing gifts, amazing inspirations. Pretty much everyone, everybody, everyone who may think they're somewhat crazy because they're so weird and strange, may then realize they're not at all. Because as we start talking about it, we realize, you know, these are all <laughs> very common themes And then, of course, the next step is, after ideally becoming aware of each other, ideally, is that people would start, you know, reaching out to each other and collaborate. And again, that's, as you say, very well as well. This is nothing one can force. These things can only happen. But, you know, as you know, one can sow the seeds and so on and start weaving (laughs) the strings together. And uh, eventually, you'll have a, a completely new fabric.
0: Yeah I think you're so you know you hit the nail on the head when you said about sowing the seeds I think a lot of the world there are a lot of people in the world are um, very much after kind of uh, immediate um, results you know this is this is the world we've been brought up in and we're after immediate results we want success overnight and all of this stuff and I think what you start to learn is that you need to put in a lot of time and and just and just put it all out you know just do the thing that you are that you want to do that you say you're going to do and just keep doing it just keep doing it do it do it do it chip away at it make yourself better learn from your failures all of that stuff have patience you know and just keep going and um, as you said if you, you know you're, you're doing this because you're you have a, the pure intention of bringing people together, which is what it's doing, you know? And I, I often think, oh God, I'm not, you know, I've not got, I've got 54 people on my YouTube, blah, 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 because we measure our success in a very strange way these days. And right. I think le- letting go of that, that is very important because um, success is not necessary. I don't, I, I don't think it's about money. I don't think it's about likes or followers. And I mean, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that, but oh, you know, I still to this day think, oh god, these people out there that are fourteen million, blah blah blah. But I actually look at what they're doing, and I'm like, mm, you're not actually, you just, you're just kind of it's the lowest common denominator, you know. You're not actually doing anything necessarily contributing in any meaningful way. I mean, you might be to some people, and you're entertaining, and there's, I mean, God, I'm not judging or anything like that, but. Um, all of the great influences I mean you look at Terence McKenna I mean hardly anyone knew about him in in his life hardly anyone knew about him (laughs) Van Gogh is the perfect example he's the go-to example you know like the you have to sow the seeds you have to be patient you may never even see results of it but if your intention is pure just remain with your intention and and don't don't necessarily uh, look for success in that way you know because you can change the world in ways that you don't even realize that you're doing you know you can you can change someone's life just by having a quick conversation with them that's it That that's all we can do that's all we can ever do you know pe- people come and go people live and they die and they get forgotten in d- generations you know there's rare exceptions to that rule but the 99.9% of people live and die and are forgotten. The, the things that they do in the world, a positive effect is a ripple effect. It's something they never see. So if you can kind of s- ground yourself, say, stay centered, stay passionate and stay true to yourself and just be true to yourself, I think you can manifest some wonderful things um and let go of, of the desire for success in in one way and i'm doing that right now i'm saying this like i'm i'm like i know what i'm talking about i'm learning this you know what i mean like i still have to let go of a, a lot of ego there because i i still want i don't even want to be famous so this is the thing i don't want to be famous i don't, at all like i have no desire to the be famous the pressures of doing like a
2: jeff bezos and shit that that's a stress i don't need you know screw what I mean? that man exactly so i think the funny part is we live in a culture that kind of tends to be like justify your existence what do you do who are you how are you how are you moving and shaking and at some point we don't have to do that and then you know like it's kind of like wildflowers versus gardens i guess you're english you kind of probably get this it's like the nature is a garden and like if it's just kind of you know doing its own thing there's a, a very raw beauty to it and no one may ever see that flower whereas if you have like a rose garden you're pruning and tending and all this stuff. It's beautiful in its own way, but it's like so stressful. Um, it's not free in the same way. And neither are right or wrong. Yeah. Like we live in the dream where everything is being, you know, actualized as as it can be imagined or whatever. But um so,
1: go for it. Uh of course, because I mean even these of course may, as we know by now, maybe heavily skewed and censored and so on in many ways, but I mean now you are being put as an artist, let's say. There may have been a time may have been, I don't know, or situations, or as you know, you're playing for one individual you really love or whatever, and this is all the world to you. And that's all there is. And now you can be put on a seemingly not really, maybe it will be at some point, seemingly level playing field, let's say with your YouTube channel or whatever, and your subscriber count and you can be like, Oh, why am I like at 50? This guy is at 5,000 Then all kinds of judgment in terms of, you know, quality perspective may come in. I mentioned this a few times with Kandinsky in reference also to what you said that, you know, consciousness keeps moving on and it may take time and at the top there's only a few and then this gets handed down. Whether you ultimately, you know, find out that you had been at the top because many later or like referencing your work or whatever, you will find out. But anyway, so this there is a process there is also this perspective of, again, you know, you can compare yourself to all the millions of super hyped PR agencies, uh, individuals or who, for whatever other reason are just resonating with the mass consensus. And that's why they are loved or hated or whatever it is. And also this may turn as we are noticing very quickly. So in a sense, that's all, all transitory. And, uh, The real question is anyhow whether you know approval from the outside ever made anybody happy really you know that's where you get into the whole thing with uh, child actors and uh, I'm, i'm not gonna get deep into this now but just the basic psychological issue of being brought up upon the approval of others which also is a huge cultural theme as well which may only get in a sense you know hyper commercialized through everyone's ability almost like the american dream you know you can have your you can be a superstar on the internet, you know. Um, however, you know, quality is, I assume, in a sense, subjective. And also here, it doesn't mean that any idea of a mass or majority would recognize quality if it is of a, you know, in whatever way different, let's just say. So there's just very many variables. And last thing, I'll read this once again, just because, uh, It cannot be overstated and just as you said this is a matter of repeating something to oneself as well because it is true because ultimately we hold all the power within our own uh, belief systems in my view of course it is all holographic so there is never really any need actually to reach any amount of individuals because they're all just your own aspects your own self-reflections anyhow and if you can you know develop yourself having one or five reflections uh or five thousand Doesn't make a huge difference. The real difference is your own, let's say, spiritual advancement or whatever themes you wanted to explore. If they include being hugely popular and dealing with that, you know, then that's what you'll get. But anyhow, Ra talks about, he's being asked about the harvest and about, you know, helping others and so on. And uh, he's being asked about a mixed harvest. And um, Ra answers, says, I am Ra. In the event of mixed harvest, there is nearly always disharmony. So, mixed harvest means uh, positive and negative polarity both, which may well be what we're experiencing in a sense, so that uh, we have, in a sense, graduations, both in the angelic realm and the demon lord realm. But so wheat um, chafe kind of stuff. Well, also no, not really, because the chafe in this case would be the unpolarized ones or the repeaters. So, the wheat would be both the positive and negative graduations, let's say, um, or graduates. So I am Ra. In the event of mixed harvest, there is nearly always disharmony and therefore added catalyst in the form of your so-called earth changes. So he refers here to all kinds of what we would call, you know, catastrophes or whatever. In this assumption, you are correct. It is the confederation. Confederation could also be called, uh, you know, galactic federation. It is the confederation's desire to serve those who may, who may indeed seek more intensely Because of this added catalyst, we do not choose to attempt to project the success of added numbers to the harvest, for this would not be appropriate. We are servants. If we are called, we shall serve with all our strength. To count the numbers is without virtue. What's that
0: that in reference to? What's that taken?
1: I think the it's, channel.
0: Oh, go ahead, Rafael. This is from uh, Raz Lot of One. Oh okay, interesting. So yeah, no, I, I, um, it's it's a It's just it's just a strange kind of time to be alive. Um, with regards to uh, success, and I mean it's all shifting, you know, and we we see it. Success is very different to how it used to be, and. I mean, I assume you mean Ra as in like uh, Egyptian, the Egyptian god.
1: Not exactly. So this is where it gets easily confused. In this case, if I uh, recount correctly, Ra in this case is, a, I believe, 6th to 7th density social memory complex, former inhabitants of Venus in their own description, also at least somewhat physicalized, at least 4th density at some point, who had graduated let's say a long time ago interacted with earth in various forms potentially in some senses also in what we would understand as ra in egyptian terms but not exclusively let's say or it was not only their energy so it is not an exact match it is slightly different this was channeled in the 1970s and uh at least to me, was one of the few books that I read and was like, oh, great. And if, if I had to describe it, I couldn't describe it much better. It reads a bit strange because of the format and so on. But it's yeah one of the most highly recommended books from my side because um, it seems to confirm much of the intuition one may have and just lay it out in a conceptual fashion. Again, one doesn't have to buy everything that's inside and all the details but the main messages are just about you know light, love, love, light, uh, and uh, the unity of love and wisdom, and that uh, ultimately all is love and all is well. So yeah, I haven't
2: read it yet. Rafael send me the PDF, and I can send it to you uh, um, if you want. Uh, but this oh, is all. Yeah. But the idea. It's very kind of new agey. Obviously it is like defin- by definition, channel material in the seventies, very new age, but it very much resonates with the model McKenna loved, uh, which I tend to like a lot. Uh, Teilhard de Chardin's kind of like universe becoming more complex over form, form. So it's like, you know, material, mineral into plant life into animal life into human into AI into like it has that very much resonance to it. Um, and I guess one thing I'll say really quick and then we could talk about whatever you guys want. Success. There's an the anime I watched. Um, it's on Netflix. It's really, I mean, it's kind of like girly and whatever. It's called, uh, Carol on Tuesday. You guys would, I think you would like it lucky. I don't know if properly I would, but it's about musicians, um, basically who meet, you busking musicians who are really talented who meet on the street and then go through the whole American Idol kind of process in this alternate, they live on Mars actually, um, in this alternate kind of reality. Um, good music, interesting stuff. It's only like a season long, so it's not terribly crazy, like 20 episodes or something. Cool shit, you'd like a Carol on Tuesday. But it's going to, in that model, it's showing like, you know, heart over success because they have like a, you know, a super famous, like, you know, Paris Hilton type chick being like, I guess I'll sing now versus like these are the girls who sing and nobody knows and like people pass them on the street. Very interesting kind of dynamics. Um, The models always are are always shifting, right? There's no like settled place. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. So from the point of yin, yang is, you know, the opposing force and it moves towards that way. And then eventually yang is yin. And then it says equal opposite stuff. So for example, at one point, you know, there was like one or two, you know, BBC one and like NBC or, you know, very super like megalithic structures of news dispensation on Ed McMahon and this night show or whatever. The Beatles are kind of a hinge point because it showed for people going through the process of modernity to postmodernity. Like the early Beatles music is very much like we're clean. I mean, clean cuts relative term. They were doing fucking benzos and, you know, amphetamines and shit in Germany. But um, they were kind of like modernists, and then they started taking psychedelics, and you start getting Sgt. Peppers, right? It's like a, you see a very real shift. They were kind of shamans for the general, for the world, in a sense. People watching the, the, the process of transmutation in individuals of quadrenary personality types, i.e., the Beatles themselves, like, you know, Ringo is not Paul, is not George, is not John. Um, and they're seeing how these kind of, uh, you know, going from straight lace, quote unquote, to like, sergeant pepper's guru you know within you without you kind of stuff sitar music that that level of transmutation is what's been happening so for example at one point we have like ed mcmahon and that uh the reason joe rogan's such a big deal and you're a pop you know a fan of his too um is because first of all he didn't give a shit he still doesn't give a shit i think the age of aquarius is all but, very much about like find your tribe do your thing don't give a fuck idgaf you know rebelliousness kind of cutting edge cool um and now he's come kind of the standard. Does that make sense? So, And then people are trying to emulate that model now, which becomes, the, you know, at some point everyone's going to be like, all right, enough drug talk, enough talking about all is one. Like, let's get serious, you know, like the pendulum will swing again at some point. It'll be funny how that looks whenever that happens. But right now we're going from modernity to post-modernity and going from, like, hyper-structuralism um, to a place of, like, hyper-relativity, um, exploration of psychedelics, inner space, all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm rambling, but it seems like that, anime carol on tuesday would be a good kind of parallel to what we're talking about with like finding oneself in context with also like cultural norms how those norms change so you know like you know van gogh he died unknown and now he's like a standard of art that that kind of shit just happens or you know somebody who's expected to do the most of everything um you know britney spears she like had a fucking meltdown (laughs) you know or what right it's like all these pendulums swing so uh It's a fascinating dream we find ourselves in. And I do feel that, um I mean, the whole point of Team Rabbit Hole is team. It's the royal we, as the Big Lebowski would say. I think there's people on an alchemical, shamanic, shamanic journey at a certain stage that resonates together. Not exactly the same, but similar enough that we're basically all skydiving through the route, you know the rabbit hole together at the same time. So we're all going down the same kind of perspectival, relatively space. So, you know, it seems like all of us have been into psychedelics and um, cutting-edge freethinkers of the 70s and 80s um New Age stuff to art movements to music, right? It seems like we're all on that wave, where some people maybe have never even heard of Terence McKenna. I would suggest listening to his stuff. And it doesn't mean he's the end-all, be-all. It just means like, it seems all of us have taken a similar we're at the same point in the trip, if that makes any sense. Um I'm rambling. What, what Whatever you want to talk about, Lucky, we can talk about.
0: Yeah, and no, I think it's kind of it's interesting because I feel like Everyone I know knows about almost everyone I know knows about Terence McKenna, but that's because I have <clears throat> somehow managed to manifest all these people around me. So for me now, people who don't know about Terence McKenna are the minority because everyone I seem to talk to or know generally um, knows about all of this stuff. So How does that easy. work,
1: uh, Lucky? <laughs> I mean, I totally get what you're saying, but this is amazing synchronicity, no? Like resonance, I right?
0: I think it's just like it's the you know the 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 man the the rule of you know energetic magnetism. You know, like the, the the stuff you put out there is the stuff you get back. And I've been listening to Terence McKenna for over a decade. You know, so in that time, because it's or you know, Alan, Watts, all of these people in that time? It's just it's just happened because you end up circling around the same drains i suppose you know the the everything com everything confluences that's not a word but i know i mean everything kind of gets drawn together because it's of a similar type um so for me yeah like i think it, it just again it's about patience it's about patience and also kind of realizing where you are because um the extraordinary becomes ordinary you know the the Terence McKenna followers become, in some ways, actually, if you go on the Terence McKenna page now, he's become so popular that the meaning's almost lost. You read some things that people are saying, you're like, oh man, I feel like you're really missing the point there, you know, but it's cool that you're listening to him. Um, I think you were talking about the Beatles, and th- I mean, there's these anomalies that exist, and they were so true to their heart, well, I mean, maybe not quite so much at the start, they were a pop band, but they, they were true to their heart, they were true to their art, um, I think that happened more in the '60s than it does now in popular music. There's the, the rare exception and, and things like that, but also everything is changing. The way that everything is, um, the, you know, Marshall McLuhan says, doesn't he? Like the, the, um, I'm really tired now, so I'm forgetting things. Um, the medium is the message. You know, the message is the medium. So um, we're now in the internet. We're in the digital age. So that becomes the message. So I think we're in new territory now. We're exploring. We're in the birth canal. It's all messy. There's blood and guts everywhere. Everyone's tearing each other apart. Um, and that's history, man. That's human history. It's, it's always an ongoing thing. Um, what I what I'd like to kind of like say is something that, that resonated with me more than a lot of things have in the past decade. I mean, I've had a lot of really amazing things, but it's I was listening to um, Russell Brandon on uh, the Duncan Churchill Family Hour and he said something that blew my mind, now I'm going to try and get this across in a way that, as well as I can, but he was talking about God or or God, whatever that means to you, it's such a loaded word, but um, he's basically saying that God or whatever that is, is not separate from us, we are that. And basically, everything we do makes up what God is. Yes. If we, it all rests on our shoulders because we do everything that we put out into the world is God, is that energy. We are making God good, we are making God bad, and it all rests on our shoulders, which is terrifying, but it's also very empowering because. I, I, I don't think I can get it across as, as well as, as he did. But essentially, God is not a separate entity to us. God is not this omnip, omnipotent being watching over us and deciding our fates. Everything that we do, all the energy that we put out into the universe, all the thoughts that we have, the memories that have, that we have, the food we eat is all feeding into this energy that is constantly evolving and changing It's God is not one constant, it's not like the speed of light or anything, it's it's something that grows with us, we are growing with it, we are it, it is us, it's the sum of all of our parts, you know, and so it rests upon our shoulders to make our world, our environment, the things that we do, the way that we approach the world, our thoughts, our feelings, it rests upon us to dictate the way the future is, grows, and, and, and so... That success for me is is to control yourself enough in order to make all of your thoughts and actions as, as positive as they can be.
2: reminds be a little upper card,
1: right? I mean, perfect. it's like follow by Lucky. example. Yes, I mean, lead by example. Jim, just to let you know, we gotta finish up about now. So, closing statements. We got about two minutes left in this case.
2: Any parting thoughts, Lucky? It's been a pleasure having you on. We'll have to get you back on here again. It
1: was a perfect closing statement already, so thank you, Lucky. I completely agree with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can beat that. <laughs> I don't know if I, can. I think that might be my closing statement, and I hope that I can get it across as well as I I tried, but it's it's 2 a.m. here, and my brain's kind of going ding, 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 um, But, yeah, no, we, we get ready to to decide the future of... Of, of Indra's net, of the Jew that manifests in the universe. So, you know, take it lightly, but also take it seriously.
2: <laughs> Most Tim. It, yeah, find the others, guys. Straight up and down, like they're out there. There's versions of you that are very different, that are similar enough where you can get on very well, have a fun tea party, as Alice in Wonderland uh, exemplifies. doesn't always have to be maddening. Um, and ultimately, yeah, enjoy the fucking ride while you're on it.
1: And to conclude, to quote the galactic energy channeled via Daryl Anka and Bouchard, you are the blood and the life force of God itself. It is your force and your life as well. You are it, and it is you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Enjoy yourselves.
0: Sei un talking, di tocca, non